Hello and welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 31st of August and today Michael has some fishy things at the Ashmolean. I've got information about how you can get involved with wheelchair basketball, but first Dave has a boozy festival roundup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you didn't get the chance to go to any of the UK's various carnivals going on last week, then, to be honest, Oxford's festivals probably won't provide that much consolation. But you should go anyway, because there are loads. Uh, some of the ones going on this week are booze-themed, some are not. We'll do the biggest later, but starting with the booze-themed. This weekend, it's the Headington Beer Festival at the Mason Arms in Headington Quarry, going on from Friday the 2nd until Sunday the 4th of September. It's their 15th edition, and they have more than 50 real ales, a cider bar, barbecue, pig roast and live music. Mm. Plus, the kicker is a dedicated Belgian beer bar. Amazing. Uh, Their promotional video, which I actually recommend watching, uh, because it's got an unbelievable epic fantasy war soundtrack, um, (laughs) features Delirium, which is one of my favourite Belgian beers. Uh, You may recognise the logo. It's the opaque bottle with the comedy pink elephant on the front. And it is one of Delirium's least alcoholic beers at (laughs) 8.5%. The second is the Perch Beer and Cider Festival, which is going on at the Perch Pub in Binsey, just off Port Meadow, on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of September. They have more than 30 real ales and ciders, which would sound like a lot if it weren't for the fact that Mason's Arms have pipped them to the post at 50. (laughs) Still, it should be more than enough for all of your booze needs. The one that caught my eye the most is from New Zealand. Uh, I like it purely for its name. It's called The Yeasty Boys. (laughs) Um, And it made me think about what other great beer pun names there are. Uh, See if you can distinguish the cleverly hidden theme in these ones. Okay. The first is Hoptical Illusion, which is made by Blue Point. It's an American-style IPA. Next is a ruckus brewery's IPA called Hoptimus Prime. Mm, I like (laughs) it. I like it. Third one is a Great Lakes Brewery IPA called Audrey Hotburn. (laughs) And then finally, this one, which is my favourite, is from the French brewing company, Frog Beer. It's a stout called Dark de Triomphe. So to repeat, that's the Perch Beer and Cider Festival at the Perch Pub, this Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of September. At the um, Hiddington Beer Festival, will they be serving the Belgian beers in the correct glasses? Because I know that's a pet hate for Belgian beer fans. Uh, I I can't comment. Um, I imagine they probably will because it's on their promotional video. Excellent. Um, the the thing about glasses has always confused me a bit. Is there like a scientific reason why different beers should be served in different glasses? Just like champagne is meant to be served in the flute to stop the bubbles getting out. Right? I, I suppose there's like a similar rationale for beers. I think there is. It's about the at what point the aromas hit your Ooh. nose and I guess the palate. Someone's like been to a tasting recently. Oh, my <laughs> That's what I assume, anyway. Um, As you're both lovers of all drinks Belgian, what makes a good Belgian beer? What then marks it out? Really? Because I'm not educated in these matters. Um, nice Belgian beers. Like, they're all really strong. Yes. Um, they're all deceptively strong because they're all so delicious. Like, okay. They're, they're the kind of beers that are like um, not like too harsh on the palate, typically. Yeah. Like The blonde ones, especially, are really, really smooth and nice and fresh oh, and like, fruity. And the dark brown ones are really like strong and rich. Chocolatey. Chocolatey, yeah. Mm. Delicious. <laughs> but yeah, strength is a factor. Okay. Like <laughs> upwards of 10%. Strong enough to punch me in the face. And they're all made by like silent monks who have nothing better to do with their time anyway. So <laughs> yeah. They can dedicate a lot of like, art into their craft. 
I'm sure monking takes a lot. I'm just, I'm just exhausted from monking. Twenty-four-seven. <laughs> oh. It's a. On to a roundup of all things musical and music-related. Now, and to start off, we're giving you a good head start and a good fair warning that Live Friday at the Ashmolean is returning. Not this Friday, but the following on Friday the 9th of September. But fair warning necessary because these things usually sell out in advance mm. and they're really popular and you usually find the Ashmolean filled with people in various forms of fancy dress. Yes. Marie's memories running through Katie's mind. She has been to the Halloween version. Yes, I went to, yeah, I went to the Halloween one. I'm trying to remember there was a, an amazing costume. Someone dressed as No Face from Spirited Away oh. and it was amazing and like they'd extended the head so it was like moving. Oh, it was just, it was great. It was that's, fantastic. That's especially cool. Yeah, and I got quite terrified by uh, one of the members of the Dead Secrets theatre group. Uh-huh. Um, she just kept staring at me. It was very intimidating. Was she just constantly acting? That's, yeah. Ooh. It's a scary situation to be in. Dedication, but also worrying. <laughs> so that was Dead Friday. Uh, but Live Friday, this time, the theme is Under the Sea. <laughs> exactly, we have <laughs> Uh, it's it's gonna take. It's gonna <laughs> take. No, it's gonna take a heck of a lot of restraint to get through this without us all bursting into song, um, because it's been in our minds mm-hmm. all day. Um, so yes, dress up as your favorite Little Mermaid character. Cause life is sweet here. We've got the beat here naturally. Naturally. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, Disney bangers. And so this one's being run in tandem with Creation Theatre, um, and we've been. We've been praising, we've been trumpeting, we've been vaunting Creation Theatre this year a lot, and with good reason, as it's their 20th birthday. And it also being the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's bucket kicking, the, um, the event will also include live performances of famous storms in Shakespeare's plays. So oh, right. I'm imagining Tempest things and... and um, uh, King Lear? Is there a storm in King Lear? Not, not a sea-based storm, though. Uh, no. Strictly land. I remember, yeah, I remember being outdoors in the some college quad watching Geoffrey from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air being King no. Lear. He was an amazing King Lear. He was so good. He's like, I can imagine he would also hate this being referred to as that because I can't remember his name. He is an actor. He's, he was amazing. He was just wandering around early before the play. Hello, everyone. Uh, anyway... <laughs> So you can peruse their wonderful latest exhibition, Storms, War and Shipwrecks. The deal is, uh, it's £3 for a live Friday ticket only. Wonderful. I know, right? And £10 for a Storms, War and Shipwrecks. And £10 for an exhibition ticket with live Friday entry. So, limited number of those available. Okay, why is this in the music roundup? Apart from Dave's lovely rendition of uh, the Disney banger. Hmm. Um, Well, there's a heck of a lot of music involved. So we're promised a shipwrecked Kaylee. Oh. Exactly what form this takes. Who knows? A live set by the omnipresent Flights of Helios. <laughs> and Sea Shanties Aplenty from Short Bag Roger. Oh, yep. Excellent. You're a shanty fan. I'm a big shanty fan. I can tell. Short Drag Roger, I was just checking our actual, um, uh, an actual dedicated shanty crew who have been uh, doing the festivals all over the coastlands of the UK um, and and as well as all these things 
it's worth going for another reason than to find out what an immersive storm room is. <gasps> find yourself in an immersive storm room. I'm hoping it's a room that just moves as if you're in a storm and people throw water at you. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. There's like some like poor intern at the top of a staircase just hurling buckets of water <laughs> down on people below. Over people. This is not what there. I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can make it sound wonderful on their CV. Uh, tornado demonstrations sound equally great. Wow. Chief inundator. Um, and you can make jellyfish puppets and parrot masks and have your you know have your face painted like Davy Jones if you aren't already <laughs> dressed as him. So, yes, wonderful things going on. It's on Friday the 9th. It's from 7 till 10.30pm. And tickets are £3 for Live Friday, £10 for the whole shebang, the exhibition and Live Friday. I'd advise you queue up earlier than your ticket mm. says because last time I went, that was quite a queue to get in. Uh-huh. So be aware. For it's full to overflowing. Okay. A quick rundown of... Uh, some other musical things happening in town at the weekend. Uh, so on Friday at the Bullingdon, the Serotones, LA Rockers, for fans of Alabama Shakes, it says um, on the dear old Dinfo website. Uh, they remind me even more of the Detroit Cobras um, with their kind of unreconstructed MC5 style riff fests um, with pitch perfect female vocals. Uh, Little Brother Eli are also on the bill. They're on the up and up. Saw them last year. Cracking funk soul brothers. That's from 7 on Friday at the Bullingdon. Tickets are £7. Uh, if that's not your cup of tea, maybe Elvana, the world's finest Elvis-fronted tribute to Nirvana, is. <laughs> what? Um, it's, I, it's pretty much all the description, I think. Oh, my word. You need. So, yeah, Elvis-fronting Nirvana. It's like the only way to improve Nirvana, right? <laughs> <laughs> all you curious, get to the O2 Academy on Friday. Uh, it's from half six, eight points. Um, then there's plenty happening on Sunday. There's a daytime event um, at the Bullingdon on Sunday. It's a charity event called We Are Your Friends. Um, local bands and stuff going on in aid of the brain tumor charity, the Michael Barry Fund. Michael Barry, who was um, big on the Oxford scene um, up to a decade ago. That birth the fools and everything and either fools will be doing a DJ set on Sunday um, others present are Hudson Scott Esther Joy Lane big up Esther Joy Lane because he's huge he's going to be huge soon and Cameron AG who I managed to see last week <laughs> wonderful so it's um, running from 2 till 7 um, 6 or 9 pounds and absolutely everything all the revenue goes to the Michael Barry fund Finally, if that's not enough music for you in one day, then at 7pm you can probably find your way to the O2 um, for Brook and Brass Ensemble. Yay! Hooray! Who, we we basically just love brass bands doing fusions of New Orleans jazz with hip-hop and stuff. Mm-hmm. And these guys are uh, Dutch and funky and they do a pretty good version of Thrift Shop that you can find online. Okay. Um, <laughs> So pop in to the U2. It's from 7 on Sunday. Tickets are £12. Enjoy. So, the Paralympic Games begin on Wednesday the 7th. I wanted to ask you guys what your favourite Paralympic event is. The wheelchair basketball is really cool. And I really like how incredibly hench they all are because like, they have to move around so quickly and their mm. shoulders are enormous. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. 
Well, it's funny you should say that. (laughs) Well, we're really fortunate in Oxford to have our very own wheelchair basketball club, the Oxford Eagles. And I chatted to their head coach, Kieran, about the inclusivity of the sport. So one of the excellent things about wheelchair basketball is it is inclusive to absolutely everybody. Um, And it's, in this sense, there's no one that can't play wheelchair basketball. Um, And in... In other ways, you get a, you get different abilities, do different things, and and we'll touch on the point system later, which I think will um, will explain a few things better. But uh, it's really set up for absolutely everyone to play, and I think that's what's really good. Brilliant. So any age, any ability. Any age. I think really, probably to start pushing a chair, probably about five, um, five years old, five six. Otherwise, you just. It, that that is a that is a flexible boundary, but often people kind of a bit younger than that they they struggle pushing a chair. But yeah. the, but that's no reason they couldn't kind of get involved in other ways as well. I guess they could always practice throwing. Yeah, practice shooting and throwing and passing yeah. and all sorts of things. And it's surprising how much you can practice just in a normal like office chair. It sounds <laughs> sounds funny, but or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And how does the sport differ from traditional basketball? So uh, I guess in some sense, the least amount possible. Um, so historically, it was set up by ex-soldiers in, in America. And obviously in America, they love basketball. And lots of these players had already played with, um, like running game basketball. And they, were, they wanted to kind of reformulate that so they could play in their chairs. So in that sense, it's kind of evolved to be exactly the same. I guess the main difference is that when you dribble in running game basketball, once you stop dribbling, you can't start again. Mm-hmm. While in, in wheelchair basketball, um, you you can start again. So that's, that's the difference. And the dribbling is slightly different, carrying the ball. Um, but I think the main, like... I guess when the real difference comes up, not necessarily in the rules, but in the gameplay. Like uh, when you watch running game basketball, people carry the ball a lot, like they dribble, because it's a very quick way to move the ball. Mm. While in wheelchair basketball, you move the ball by passing more. Um, and obviously, um, you have different ways to shoot, and depending, like, and, and that kind of makes it different as well. But I wouldn't say it's in the rules per se, more so in kind of how the game is played. Okay. Um, but it is in in most essences, very similar. Essentially, if you were to sit down and go, how can I make, like, take running game basketball and make it as similar as possible, that's what you'd end up with. Yeah. That would be the best way to describe it. Listen to the full interview to hear um, an excellent explanation of the point system and hear more about the history of the sport. Kieran has also challenged you listeners to sit on the floor or in a chair and shoot at a basketball hoop so you can appreciate the enormous talent that wheelchair basketball players have. Like, I, I can't even imagine that I'll get uh, it, I don't know, above my head, to be honest. No, that'd be kind of cool. We should take some of the office chairs around. Yeah. Just have a go. Throwing bits of paper into the office bin isn't a good substitute. No. No. It's not <laughs> So the sessions start on the 18th of September, so that's the Sunday morning at 10am at Blackbird Leeds Leisure Centre, and it sounds like a lot of fun, and from talking to Kieran, he said it's not just playing, focusing on playing basketball, but on keeping fit and having a good time. That's the Oxford Eagles session starting on the 18th of September. Now, depending on your perspective, next week is either the highlight of the year, a heady celebration of adrenaline and candy floss, or a noisy nightmare which blocks off most of the roads in central Oxford for three whole days. 
<laughs> That's right, St Giles Fair is back for something like its 400th anniversary. Nobody knows exactly when it began, oh, yes. but the earliest confirmed record is from the session rolls of James I in the 17th century, where it's recorded that a guy called Thomas Canton was fined <laughs> six shillings for swearing in six insufferable oaths at the fair's <laughs> predecessor, the wake. I'd love to know what they were. Yeah. Like, did he curse people, or was he just swearing really loudly? Like they were insufferable. Uh, it, yeah. Wow. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't take them. I... <laughs> You'd be holding your ears. <laughs> like... So no one even knows what they are. <laughs> After the fifth one, he's like, I only saw his lips move, but it was definitely bad. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Canton, you rogue. Um, six shillings was probably quite a lot back then as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, historically, the fair was held on St Giles because it was outside the city walls. St Giles is the patron saint of outcasts, beggars and other downtrodden types. And so his church was located on the field to the north of the city where it could be politely ignored. <laughs> The modern fair gets 100,000 visitors every year and closes off big chunks of Woodstock Road, Banbury Road, Broad Street and Beaumont Street from Saturday night until Wednesday morning. For those who haven't been before, uh, it's got everything you'd expect from a fun fair. Uh, there are toffee apples, there are bumper cars, we're talking candy floss, there's a Helter Skelter and they also have those absolute racket stalls where you have to throw hoops at things at impossible angles to win a cuddly tortoise. <laughs> um, I guess the most unique thing about St Giles Fair is its location. It's on a beautiful, wide, open Oxford road, and not many fun fairs have to worry about their roller coaster crashing into some incredibly ancient stone turret. <laughs> uh, this year's fair is taking place all day on Monday the 5th and Tuesday the 6th of September. The Lord Mayor is traditionally the one to open it on the Monday morning. The busiest times are after school, and prices also go up in the evening, so arrive early if you can. Um, and check our website, which has more about St Giles Fair history and a daily info review. Do you have fond childhood memories of the fair? Um, I'm amazing at bumper cars, though. I challenge anyone to beat me at bumper cars. Yikes. I'll mess you up. Oh my goodness. Right, I'm terrified. Um, wow, I feel like we should arrange this. <laughs> can have a staff outing. Um, I officially invite all Daily Info listeners to a bumper car duel. <laughs> Dave will be dressed as a dragon and will be... <laughs> Come if you think you're hard enough. Yeah, exactly. You're not. I'll tell you for now. <laughs> On to our festival roundup, part two. I've got a few uh, more unique festivals rather than just booze. They sound amazing. <laughs> Um, so let's kick off with the Foodies Fest, which is being held at South Parks from Friday until Sunday. So the Foodies Festival has been around for a while, and it's a great opportunity to uh, meet famous chefs. So this year there is the Master Chef winner Jane Devonshire, the one have, and only. She must have the, some skills. She must. She keeps posing with boxes of veg. So we'll see what she pulls out of the bag. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> there are lots of other famous chefs attending. Lots of demonstrations, various foods and drink theatres, street food, which is just great, mm. baked goods, lots of booze buses, which really? is quite a novel thing. I, I don't think I... I don't enjoy being on a bus drunk. A, a booze bus? They're going to be stationary, right? Yeah. Are they going to be in South Park? Yeah, yeah. But um, look, judging by the pictures from last year, I think there was a Captain Morgan's booze bus. Oh, Which is okay. quite fun. But uh, there's definitely going to be a rum bus, at least. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going. I'm rum going. <laughs> uh, and there's lots of live music and more. So that's this Friday and Sunday starting at 11am until 6pm. It's mm-hmm. £14 for Saturday, £10 for Friday, or a ticket for three days is £20. Uh, children under 12 are free. Uh, 
Next up, it's a little way outside of Oxfordshire, but still worth a mention. There's the Chili Festival at Wadston Manor. So this is the 10th year that they've held a chili festival at Wadston, and there are over 50 exhibitors who are selling chili, jams, paste, pickles, chutneys, oils, relishes, sauce, alongside spicy cheese, chili beer, and chili chocolate. Oh, yeah. Chili chocolate's the best. Mm. There's also local beers, ciders, and frozen yogurt and ice cream, so you can cool off after eating too much chili. Okay, so it's not chili ice cream. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. Chili yogurt? Ooh. Chili ice cream would work. Chili yogurt is awful. No. It doesn't sound like a great idea. No. Um, there'll be lots of live music and it's free for National Trust members so it's time to use your membership wisely Um, so that's the Chili Festival at Wadston Manor on Saturday and Sunday from 10am to 5pm tickets are £10 for an adult £5 for a child or for a family ticket it's £25 but experiences are priceless (laughs) true (laughs) it's a really nice place to visit and they've got like a, a light show at Christmas Kind of for the chili festival, I, I sort of imagined them having a competition. It's like someone bringing the biggest chili, mm. <laughs> like in The Simpsons. Is there a big chili in the Simpsons? There's a chili eating competition in The Simpsons oh. where Homer coats his mouth with wax yes. so that he can eat the hottest one, and then he eats the hottest one, and he trips on chili, <laughs> and he meets a coyote with the voice of Johnny Cash in oh, the desert. Yeah. Okay, that's been so long since I saw that. <laughs> it's, it is a bona fide classic, that episode. <laughs> it's so good. Thanks. It's great. I do remember that. Uh, And finally, onto a DI favourite, dragons. But this time they'll be racing on the Thames in Abingdon mm. this Sunday. Uh, how I hear you ask? Oh! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit late on that. <laughs> um, they will be dragon boats. This is to raise money for local, national and international charities um, supported by the Abingdon Rotary Groups. Yes, so the races begin at 10am and will continue for the rest of the day with medals at the end at 4pm. So dragon boat racing is an ancient Chinese tradition which has 40 foot long boats decorated with dragon heads and tails, complete with 16 rowers and a drummer to keep the time sprinting for the finish line. Mm-hmm. Look at their videos on YouTube, the boats are really impressive and the drumming is really, really jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're really keeping in time from what I've seen. No, I mean, it all looks a bit amateurish. The, mo- the most amazing things are the prowls. They've got really impressive Chinese dragon heads. Mm. Well, one would hope so. And the uh, costumes. Some of them are dressed as pirates. Oh, There's of course. Yeah. Naturally. I like things when it could have just been from any century in the past the past few centuries. Yeah. Bit of a mashup of cultures there. Like, yeah, it's a stick a dragon on it and it's a boat, so it might as well have some pirates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good mix. So that's on Sunday at the River Thames at Royal Farm Meadow in Abingdon, and it's free. There's also lots of crafts, a fun fair, a raffle, a children's entertainer, and barbecue, tea tent, and beer, of course. <laughs> so um, it sounds like a lot of fun, and it's to raise money for, for really good causes. So go to that. Yes. I, as tradition dictates, it's time for a quick look at what's on in the cinema or as in-house toddler uh, Adelian Fu calls it the dark shop <laughs> mummy can we go to the dark shop Isn't that so, that's really nice I'm going to start calling it that now mm. in a perhaps slightly less winning way than no Jesus. I mean it's, it sounds more sinister from a from a grown man <laughs> 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 
there. Dark shop. <laughs> what is being shown at the dark shop? <laughs> well, let's see. Glad you asked. <laughs> uh, so openings Friday at the Phoenix and the Odeon um, is Cafe Society. Not to be confused with Society Cafe. Wonderful cafe in town. Same words, different order. Um, cafe Society is the latest from Woody Allen. And it looks cracking. So, um, and if this sounds familiar to anyone, awkward guy from the Bronx is sent to live with his uncle in LA, um, who happens to be Steve Carell, of course, <laughs> who happens to be a Hollywood super agent. And awkward guy from the Bronx falls for uh, Steve Carell's secretary, Kristen Stewart. Um, so, it's what's Annie Hall last night. Mm. Okay, so I'm like priming myself. They had a sale on Wagner, Max. <laughs> Wagner. It was, it was. Really <laughs> it was really funny. Um, and it's, yeah, it's funny how many of the same themes and Alan Hallmarks are are still here um, in Cafe Society that were there all those decades ago. Um, you've got a bit of family dysfunction, you've got a bit of West Coast versus East Coast always there. Uh, the irrationality of love and an obsession with film. Mm. Which here kind of manifests as sort of opulent recreation of big sets from the 50s and pool parties, balconies in a lovely marigold glue. And that, I don't know if you know, you know it, but the, the leading lady's initial entrance in a, in, a, in a film, like black and white film, is like a soft focus halo. She would appear yeah. and suddenly the light would be a little bit different and everything. And, and that happens when Kristen Stewart walks into the room. So... Um, this guy loves the dark shop, basically. Um, and there are several Woody Allens in the mix in Cafe Society. We've got uh, Woody the director, Woody the writer, um, Woody the grandfatherly narrator of the film, and Jesse Eisenberg in the lead role, channeling him as you kind of have to do as the lead in a Woody Allen film. Um, but he looks to be doing a great job. Which leads me to the question, and I haven't prepared you at all for this because I want to get a wonderful instinctive answer. Who would you get to play you in your biopic or a film about you? Like it'd have to be someone who looks like quite a lot like me. So well. I think pro- probably George Clooney. Okay. Um, yeah. But like potentially <laughs> negotiable. <laughs> someone with the same gravitas as me. Mm. I see. I see. I go Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> um, for for those of you. Um, not watching the live stream, which is actually unavailable anywhere. Uh, Katie does bear a striking resemblance. Mm. <laughs> why why don't I need to meet him? I don't know. I think he could uh, encapsulate my character. He's got the, yeah. Yeah. He's very adaptable. Who would play you? Mm. Yeah, don't, don't think you can get away with uh, this. It's mm. true. Okay, well, mm, let's see. I think eventually Woody Allen. No. Um, Give him a taste of his own medicine, not me to pretend to be other people <laughs> instead of making everyone be him. Um, well, even if you have no idea the, the answer to this question, I'm sure Tilda Swinton can play anyone, mm. even inanimate objects. You could probably do. She's just she just goes method. She could be a lamp. Yeah. She could be a person. She'd be fa- a fantastic lamp. Thank you. <laughs> she could I don't know, put a small beard on her, make her walk on her knees. She could probably be me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's my favourite thing you've ever said <laughs> <laughs> and it's staying in <laughs> glorious 
<laughs> Fine. A couple of other new releases this week. Um, really, I haven't been aware of this. A new Ridley Scott film, Morgan, appearing um, from Friday at The View. Um, What's it about? They've, they've, well, some lab somewhere. It's created life. Um, a synthetic human. A synthetic um, person. Yeah. Uh, called Morgan. We... The, Frankenstein of the 21st century. Something like this. Mm. Maybe a cross between AI and Carrie, possibly. Always worth a watch. Ridley Scott can go either way. Could this be nuts? Could be amazing. Um, could be Gladiator could be Alien 4. Oh. <laughs> the two haven't met yet, have they? Gladiator versus Alien. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Give it time. <clears throat> and finally, at the Phoenix this Sunday at Three, there's a preview of Captain Fantastic, which is not, as I initially thought, uh, anything from the Marvel or DC universes. Um, but um, Viggo Mortensen in The Wilds, America, and he's a dad. He's taken his kids kind of off the grid. Um, they're he's ultra-idealistic, Marxist and anti-capitalist and anti-everything, and they're um, having this idyllic life where they play instruments together and hunt things and build fires and celebrate Noam Chomsky's birthday because they dig philosophy. Um, and his, his wife um, kills herself and she's on the other side of the country and then they have to go to her funeral but Frank Langella is her scary dad and he's like, if you come to the funeral I'm going to have you arrested um, because there's big stuff going on. It's a it's an odd one this. It looked in some ways quite familiar. Mm. Like I've I've seen some of these things before. There's like the family road trip thing from uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Mm. Um but it's kind of played more serious and sorry. But yeah, it also looks more deeply at what happens when you really live according to your beliefs and what that can do to families and stuff. Mm. Hey. It looks amazing. Another cracking beard, I have to say. Yeah. Wouldn't expect any less from him. No. no, and you can, yeah, get the first look at that this Sunday at the Phoenix. For full listings of events happening in Oxford, make sure to check out our website. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And finally, for your weekly culture fix and unrestrained banter, download the podcast weekly, it's the Oxcast. You can find it on the homepage of our site. The seaweed is always greener than somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things surround you. What more are you looking for? Uh oh, under the sea. Under the sea. Oh, I don't know. Uh,